Thanks for listening to the Mornings with Carmen LaBerge podcast, made available thanks to support from listeners just like you. Encouraging you to live as an ambassador of God's kingdom in the world. This is Mornings with Carmen LaBerge on Faith Radio. If we're gonna fly, we fly like eagles. Arms out wide. If we're gonna fear, we fear no evil. We will rise. By your power, we will go. By your spirit, we are bold. If we're gonna stand, we stand as giants. If we're gonna walk, we walk as lions. So, have you heard about the guy who is standing at a busy intersection holding a sign? Have you heard about that guy? Hmm. Are you sure? What's what's the sign say? Who's that guy? What's his sign say? All right, I know. I know you think you know this story. I think you know this guy and what his sign says. But hold on for just a second cuz this guy, this guy in Jacksonville is holding a sign that says, have a wonderful day, I love you. And then, if he caught you reading it, he flipped it over on its edge so that you could read the other side that says, you are relevant. That's a guy that's going to get people to think today. He's just overtly blessing people. He's surprising them with blessing. So one woman actually stopped. Her name is Rika. Rika says, so picture this. You're just out going to pick up your lunch, and there's this random guy walking by with a handmade sign. Now, I'm sure, like most of us, uh, you know, we'd glance and keep moving, avoiding him. I decided, well, I'm going to read the sign. I'm sitting at the stoplight. I ought to read the sign. You know what his sign said? Have a wonderful day. I love you. And he caught me reading it and he flipped it over and it said, you are relevant. I grabbed my phone and I snapped a few pictures because, well, why not? That's when he began to approach my car. And guess what? He didn't ask for anything. He handed me a sunflower and said, don't forget to appreciate the small things today. All right. Wouldn't you love to know the rest of that story? I mean, that's that's the whole story. That's it. That's all I got took place in Jacksonville, Florida. I'd love to know the rest of that story because I got to tell you, when, when you look at the pictures of the sign, this guy's sign that he's holding up um, 100% looks like it was made by a sixth grade girl. Like, I don't, this guy did not make this sign. He just didn't. This, a sixth grade girl made this sign, thinking, you know, his daughter. Colored hearts all over it. Like, I want to know more about him. I want to know his story. I want to know what motivated him to carry a sign and some sunflowers to a busy intersection and make a fool of himself, a good news fool, by the way, a hope fool, a kind of Jesus freak, right? It's National Suicide Prevention Month. I wonder if this is a man who lost someone to suicide. The number of deaths by suicide in the United States increased last year to the highest rate ever. And globally, a person dies by suicide every 40 seconds. About the amount of time you sit at a stoplight. About the amount of time it would take somebody to see you holding up a sign of hope. A message of relevance 
Have a wonderful day. I love you. You are relevant. Remind people their love today. Tell people they're relevant, that they matter. Be shiny. Make a fool of yourself as you serve as a signpost in the world. Like a sunflower directing people's attention to the giver of life, his goodness, mercy, and grace. Let me do that right now for you. Do you know that you are loved? That you are relevant, that you are seen, that you matter? That you are precious? Now, maybe today you're going to use an actual poster board sign and stand on the street corner because this guy inspired you to do that. Um, Maybe it's a sign on your office door. Maybe it's a message that you write on your car's rear rear window. Maybe you change that uh, signature line at the bottom of your emails. Maybe it's a T-shirt you put on or a hat you wear. I don't know. Where could you wear the good news today that people are loved, that God loves people? How can we get the message of the good news out there today that people are seen and loved and valued and relevant? Show kindness and mercy to one another today. That's Zechariah 7.9. Just do it. Show kindness and mercy to one another today. That's what we're doing every day here on Faith Radio. We appreciate your support in this effort. Um, We're connecting faith to life, which means we're connecting people like you and me to the reality of the God who made us and loves us. We need to be we need to be letting people know there is hope, there is light, there is a future, and you matter. You're listening to Mornings with Carmen. All right. See, uh, I I love I love that you guys are already on this. You are already um you are already out there being shiny signposts. Um and extensions of God's love and mercy, making fools for yourselves. I mean, I'm making fools of yourselves. I make a fool of myself every single day, right? Just joyfully out here doing it. Uh, Kathy sent in this text. It's a it's a picture. Um, she snapped a picture with her phone and she texted me at 877-933-2484. You could be like Kathy. Um, here's what she, she makes and she hands them out. It's, it's literally, it looks like she printed it on some pink paper. She typed it up. She printed it on some pink paper. She cut it out. So, you know, just like, I don't know how big they are. I'm just imagining they're the size of a business card. And it says, Jeremiah 31.3, love notes from the Lord. I have loved you with an everlasting love. I have drawn you with unfailing kindness. How sweet is that? How sweet is that? Um, You could send a love note from the Lord today to somebody else. You could be a conduit of that kind of blessing, an agent of grace. That's so great. Kathy, hats off to you. That is awesome. Thank you so much. Um, child care. Mm-hmm. Anybody tried to get child care lately? <laughs> okay, so maybe your kids are raised and you're thinking, that's not my problem. Moving on. Uh, well, hold on there just a moment. Uh, stick with me. Aren't we all concerned about the welfare of children, little children, the least of these in the world today? I mean, if you claim to be pro-life, but you're only caring about whether or not pregnancies, you know, come to term. If you're not actually concerned about children once they're born, um, being raised by a single mom or a family with fewer resources than they need for another mouth to feed, clothe, care for, maybe grandma and grandpa raising a grandchild because their parent is incarcerated, foster care families. Don't, don't you care about children? 
I mean, are we really pro-life if all we care about is the abortion issue and we don't care about the child care crisis families in the United States are facing right now? Might this crisis be an opportunity for the church, for you and I as members of the body of Christ? So in 10 days, in 10 days, I mean, here's the countdown clock. In 10 days, the United States is going to fall off of a child child care cliff. Now you're saying to yourself, um, oh, Carmen is talking about the fiscal cliff that we're on because Congress can't, you know, come up with a plan to fund the government. No, no. Oh, contraire. This is a different cliff. Uh, it's going to happen on the same day, but it's a completely different cliff. This is the child care cliff. It is the day that pandemic era funding is going to end for child care providers. So that funding that um, that the U.S. government, well, that you and I as taxpayers, um, have been borrowing. <laughs> We've been borrowing it to pay these bills. I mean, I confess that. So the funding amounted to a $24 billion Band-Aid um, for the child care industry. And that Band-Aid is coming off in 10 days. And this is going to be a real crisis. I think there's no question about it. Um, as many as 70,000 70, centers currently serving 3.2 million children are likely to close when that funding runs out. 70,000 locations across the country, 3.2 million children are going to need childcare. That means uh, those families are going to need help. So does your church have space for kids? I mean, might you run a Mother's Morning Out program? I'm not suggesting that you start a child care center. I know there's a lot of barriers to entry to that kind of thing, but could you offer a Mother's Morning Out and could you do it five days a week? Could you offer an after-school program and offer it five days a week? Could you partner with an existing ministry? Could you partner with one of these 70,000 child care centers and, um, and help them figure out a way forward? Um, if people don't have child care, uh, then they can't do all of the things that they need to be doing um, while their kids are doing something else. And please don't say um, everybody should be taking care of their own kids at home. If you're a single mom, um, you, you know, you're just, you're likely not in a position to do that. So back to the question of what it means to be pro-life and being an advocate of life in what has very much become a culture of death. Um, learn how to define your own pro-life term. So when you say you're pro-life, what do you mean? When you say you're pro-life, what do you mean? Um, this is a think about what you're thinking about, think about what you're saying, think about what you're advocating for, think about where you are applying faith to life, I I say that I am pro-life from conception to natural death. And I have thought through what that practically means. If I'm talking to a person uh, or a couple that's infertile, experiencing infertility, experiencing a problem pregnancy, has a preemie, a child born with what we call birth defects, I am pro-life from conception to natural death and I have thought through it not just in terms of babies in the womb, 
but problem pregnancies and IVF and preemies and birth defects. All the things that kill us. I have thought about when I say that I'm pro-life from conception to natural death, I have thought through what that means in relationship to all the things that kill us. And the increasing range of options available to us to keep our bodies alive. I have thought about what it means to be pro-life from conception to natural death. When I talk about living as those who are prepared to die and honoring the body as a temple of the Holy Spirit. We're talking about the new range of choices that people have as death approaches. And as some place their hope in some transhuman or cryogenic promise. Mildred is a friend of my mom's. My mom's 85, and Mildred is a friend of hers, has been a friend since, since they were in the fourth grade. And Mildred is dying. But Mildred's dying a good death. And we know we're going to see each other again one day because we're both children of God who put our faith and hope in Jesus Christ. I'm pro-life from conception to natural death. How do you define pro-life? And have you thought through the implications of saying that? You're listening to Mornings with Carmen. Thanks for listening to the podcast of Mornings with Carmen. As you know, this is a rebroadcast of the live radio show carried on the Faith Radio Network. There's a lot going on at Faith Radio. Tons of free resources just waiting for you and for you to share with others at MyFaithRadio.com. How does that all happen? Well, it happens through listener support. So Faith Radio, Mornings with Carmen, all available because of listener support from listeners, well, just like you. If you're a supporter, thank you so very much. If you'd like to become a supporter today, just visit MyFaithRadio.com. And again, thanks for being a part of what we do every day at Mornings with Carmen. All righty, it is a Thursday. Are you thirsty today for the things of the Lord? You know, I have a little uh, like taste and see Tuesday. Think about that a lot. Thinking about adding Miracle Monday to the mix. We do the farm report on Friday, so I feel like that already has a little bit of a thematic flair. Anybody got any ideas for Thursday? We could do Thirsty Thursday. We could do Thinkers Thursday. Got any thoughts? It needs to be alliterative because I kind of like that. I'm looking for a Thursday tip-off. Ooh, could be Thursday tips. I don't know. I need a, I need, a, I don't know. The, theology Thursday doesn't sound like I would tune in for that. So what would you tune into? What could you get your friends to tune into on Thursday? So, you know, we got Taste and See Tuesday. We've got, uh, or Tasty Tuesday, as I like to call it. Wednesday, I think of like, you know, Wisdom Wednesday, Wonderful Wednesday, Witness Wednesday. You could be working on any of these. Um, so what, what could Thursday be? Could you text me some ideas? I need your help today uh, coming up with something for Thursday. Text me 877-933-2484 with your alliterative Thursday ideas. Um, all right. There is a lot of talk swirling around. Ooh, Thriving Thursday. All right, Lori from Lampasas, Texas. Uh, Thriving Thursday. All right, Lori, tell me more uh, about Thriving Thursday. I love that. I love that. Flourishing. We could have Flourishing Friday. Ooh. 
I like, I like, I like that. All right. Other ideas for Thursday. So far, Thriving Thursday is leading, of course, because it's, it's the only one. Oh, now we've got an entry here for Thrifty Thursday. I'm not sure thrift, I mean, that's really good. How about Thoughtful Thursday, Deep Thoughts Thursday, Thanksgiving Thursday, Gary, thank you for that contribution, and uh, Thoughtful Thursday, Deep Thought Thursday, Uh uh-huh, you guys are really good, Thoughtful Thursday, Thinking of Others Thursday, Mm mm-hmm, very, very good, all right, all right, highlighting, uh, highlighting, yeah, stories of goodness and grace, oh, there's always Throwback Thursday, Yes, Throwback Thursday in um in Christian speak would be what? Like we just like go go back and tell gospel stories, we tell stories from the past of the goodness of God. That'd be fun. Thank you Julianne for that contribution. Thankful Thursday, that is a good Thanksgiving theme. Yes, I guess I'm really surprised Thanksgiving Thursday didn't pop up yet. Truth Thursday or truthful Thursday or truth for Thursday. Ooh. Truth for Thursday. I have to slow down to say that. Gerald, thank you for that idea. Thank you for a number of people now on the thankful Thursday or Thanksgiving Thursday. Yeah, would we just want, we just want turkey every time, right? We would totally want, all right, uh, oh, more votes here for Throwback Thursday. People seem to like that idea. <laughs> okay, I don't, I don't know if we can like brand that as a segment because don't you think that somebody already quote unquote owns that idea? Maybe not. It's like you can't, you can't, I will say it right now, recognizing that I'm violating somebody's, you know, uh, ownership of the idea of like uh, Tuesday, Taco Tuesday. You can't, you can't have Taco Tuesday. You can have Meatloaf Monday because nobody's branded that. I mean, I, I don't know why, but you, you, you can't have Taco Tuesday. Somebody owns that idea. So I wonder if somebody owns the Throwback Thursday idea. Thou art Thursday. Turn up. Thursday. Well, turnip Thursday. See, there's a play on words there because I could talk about some turnips. Mm-hmm. Turn up. I got to, like turn up the volume, turn up the. Um, that's good. I like that. I like that idea. Theory Thursday. Oh, my goodness. Oh, nobody has offered theology Thursday. That would be. I'm scrolling down the list here. You guys. Yeah, but great. you already dismissed that one. I did. Theology you did. Thursday. Yeah. You said, I you did. know. <laughs> Just saying. What you know? I what I say about it. You well, know you, that this nobody is would just listen. My... You, you know, trying to invite people to listen who might not otherwise listen, that might be a little much. Right? Yeah. Right. Uh, oh, Team Thursday. Nice. I like that, Mary. All right. Team Thursday. Simple Thursday, but you have to say it like Cindy Brady would in order for it to make sense. Paul, do you know what that means to say simple Thursday like Cindy Brady would say it? Well, you see, there was an episode where she had lost her tooth, and so she was speaking with a wisp. <laughs> so you just say it with a so, lisp. Can you say Simple Thursday with a lisp? Simple Thursday? <laughs> Simple Thursday, yes. <laughs> Thoroughly Incredible Thursday. <laughs> Thunderstruck Thursday. Caroline, that's a nice contribution. Thank you so much. Uh, Mary uh, Mary has offered Team Thursday. Ooh, here we go. Uh Lori, uh, oh, now Lori is giving us a justification for Thriving Thursday. Uh, we had an office aide last year that had an alliteration for each day, but couldn't think of one for Thursday. And so my daughter came up with Thriving Thursday. What can we do today to thrive? Oh, I love that. I don't know. Thriving Thursday might now be the, uh, thank you, Lori, for that contribution. Triune Thursday. Now there is. That would Lynn be better with Tuesday. In. Yeah. Triune Tuesday. Yeah. Be, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Nobody's come up with like triangle or try on thrilling Thursday. 
Mornings with Carmen is thrilling Thursday, Rebecca from Minnesota says with a flourish. Ooh, mm-hmm. it's good. I like it. Thursday tip. My sister already does a Facebook thing called called Tuesday Tips with Tiana. So I can't I can't do a tip. I can't do tips. I can't. Yeah. <clears throat> you know what a tip is? It's to ensure proper service. Yeah, you're supposed to pay it in advance. So anyway, Thoughtful Thursday, Triumph Thursday, Timeout Thursday. You guys are awesome. Trusting Thursday. Who are you trusting today? And are you trusting Christ today? Ooh, I like that. That's good. Maybe we'll just try one on every week um, and see what uh, see what happens. It's really, really good. Um, oh, I'm probably supposed to be doing something else. It is time uh, to hear Breakpoint with John Stone Street, but don't don't stop texting me. I um I love your ideas. It's awesome. I can tell you that we will next Thursday be in the midst of our Faith Radio Fall fundraiser. So I am going to have to come up with some sort of alliterative thing related to um. Oh, it's going to be this day, that day, Thursday. I can already tell you. Next Thursday is going to be this day, that day, Thursday. So mark your calendar now. You are listening to Mornings with Carmen. There's a lot of talk swirling around about the advanced age of many of those in the U.S. Senate and and both of the candidates likely to be the party nominees for the 2024 U.S. presidential election. A lot of talk about age. Um, All kinds of ideas being floated about how to institute something like mandatory retirement for those who work in elected and appointed positions, uh, having an upper age limit, all those kinds of things. So here's the question. Is age the issue? Is age the issue? Um, Yeah. So here's what I would like to pivot us to think about. How do you measure wisdom? Because for me, wisdom is the issue. I I do want wise people uh, serving in positions of of all kinds of authority. So how do you measure wisdom? That's really what we want in our leaders, right? We want wisdom. Solomon says in Proverbs 9, verse 10, that the measure of wisdom is actually the fear of the Lord. It's the starting point. You can't even begin to measure wisdom without this starting point, the fear of the Lord. After all, the fear of the Lord is the what? The beginning of wisdom. James says if somebody lacks wisdom, they should ask God for it. Um, Wisdom is actually a gift of God. It's not something that's attained just because you live a long time. Um, Wisdom comes from above, and James goes on to say that wisdom that comes from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, open to reason, full of mercy, and evidenced by good fruits. The wisdom from above is impartial, and sincere. That seems like a good uh, a good test of wisdom uh, that we could apply uh, to uh, the questions that we face today. Hey, when was the last time you took a course in first aid? Like really, like think back. When was the last time you took a course in first aid? I remember being a kid. Uh, we took a first uh, Red Cross first aid course in fifth grade. I remember I was in Miss Mabry's class. Um, and because I was lieutenant of the patrols, I, uh, you know, I, I had some uh, first aid training in relationship to that as well, since we were managing the crossing of the streets, you know, of little children. Mm-hmm. Yes, they were they were put in my care as a fifth grader. I know that tells you a lot, right, about trust placed in me. Ah, yes. All right. Um, there's another story there for another day. But I also took a first aid course in Girl Scouts. I recall having a first aid course when I served at a youth summer camp. 
Um, the last time I remember taking a first aid course was uh, when I lived on Hilton Head, which is now, you know, more than 20 years ago. Um, and, um, well, I don't know, 15 years ago. And uh, we were, our church was potentially going to be an evacuation, or no, a shelter, a shelter in case of hurricane. But of course, we would have all gotten mandatory evacua- evacuation notices, so we wouldn't be on the island anyway. So I don't really remember much about that first aid course. Here's what we need. We need spiritual first responders. And that means we need to be equipped in the area of spiritual first aid. Who is going to help us do that? Jamie Ayton joins us next. We're going to talk about the Church Mental Health Summit and rendering spiritual first aid. That's up next here on Mornings with Carmen. Mark your calendar for October the 10th. October the 10th and the Church Mental Health Summit. It's free. It's online. You are invited. I'm happy to send you the link. Just text me, 877-933-2484. Here to share with us more about it is our friend Jamie Ayton. Jamie, welcome back. Be with you this morning. Yeah, talk with us about Spiritual First Aid and the Church Mental Health Summit. Well, you know, as I was listening to, as you were kind of queuing things up and talking about first aid, that the same sort of concept applies to what we're trying to do, which is to help the church be able to provide care for spiritual and emotional injuries before they get worse. You know, oftentimes when we do this training on spiritual first aid that we developed, we start by actually asking, how many of you have a first aid kit? And as you can imagine, Mm -hmm. almost every hand goes up. And then we'll ask, so, you know, do you know where your spiritual, your first aid kit is? And not quite as many hands are up. And then we ask, do you know how to use everything in your first aid kit? And then there's normally only a couple of hands still left in the room that are being held up. And with spiritual first aid, what we're trying to do is to help you see that you've already got the tools, but we're here to help you figure out how to use them, when to use them, and how to do it in the right way. I wonder if anything in the first aid kit is expired, needs to be updated. Um, So I think, you know, there's so many catchy questions to ask in relationship to this. It's such a good image. We all know what a first aid kit is. We all want to be prepared to render first aid. So talk about spiritual first aid. What what might be in my kit? Sure. So when it comes to spiritual first aid, it's it's really using a lot of what you already have and do naturally. That likely a lot of those who are listening are the type of people that others turn to for help when they need it. And so what we really try to do is to draw out those skills and resources that you already have. So an example would be, you know, how do you actually sit with somebody when they're suffering? How do you, you know, hear what they're telling you and not accidentally put your foot in the mouth by saying the wrong sort of thing? And and then also, how do you recognize what that person's greatest need is? And then how do you start to uh, identify and prioritize where to start so that it's manageable? And then how do you provide coping skills and then refer and resource for additional care? That's a really good list. Uh, I mean, even just um, feeling competent uh, that I know how to sit with somebody when they are suffering, um, being equipped to say the right things and resist saying the wrong things, even just knowing what some of those are. Like, this is super practical um, so it's not only practical, you're offering it for free on October the 10th. Tell us a little bit about that. Sure. So on October the 10th, our organization, Spiritual First Aid, we're partnering with Hope Made Strong that founded 
the Church Mental Health Summit four years ago, and also with Biola's Rosemead School of Psychology and their Mental Health and Church Initiative. And so we're super excited because on World Mental Health Day, we're offering this one-day virtual summit for free that right now looks like we're going to have over 60 speakers. And we've already got over 5,000 people from well over 70 different countries at this moment. Wow. Wow. That's amazing. Okay. So it's international. Like that's really, really cool. Um, It's free. It's online. Again, this incredible top tier spiritual first aid training is available to you for free on October the 10th, the Church Mental Health Summit. I'm more than happy to uh, send you the link in your text. Just text me at 877-933-2484 and we'll shoot you the link so you can um, you can sign up as well. Um, Jamie, what, um, what am I going to walk away with from the Church Mental Health Summit? You're going to walk away with practical tools, new knowledge, and resources that you can put into practice right away. So one of the things that we're so excited about that is that in addition to the spiritual first aid training that my colleague Kent Ann and I will be doing there, that there's going to be a number of other speakers who are also sharing all of their wisdom and resources. So we want this to be super practical. This isn't just something where you're going and learning heady information. The, the things that you're going to learn are things you can turn around and use the next day. Jamie, when we... Um... When we approach this subject matter, particularly during this month, when we have been uh, here on the show talking fairly frequently about um, suicide prevention, when we talk about mental health and we talk about the challenges um, that that individuals face, I think sometimes as Christians, we're reticent to put mental health on that list um, because there's still some stigma uh, stigma related to it. Um, can you invite us into this um, in a way that maybe breaks down some of those barriers? Yeah, absolutely. You know, so in the spiritual first aid certificate course that we provide, which you can complete on demand or in a facilitator-led group in just six to nine hours, that we teach the us to teach others to really think about how to help others using what we call the blessed needs method. And so when we talk about these blessed needs, we're talking about blessed standing for Uh, biological, livelihood, emotional, social, and spiritual needs. And they're all interconnected. And one of the ways that we often think about it is kind of like a Rubik's Cube. And Carmen, you've probably had this when you've talked to other people in your life that when they share a struggle they're having with, rarely do they just have one problem when they come to you for help. But instead, they probably have enough problems that they could fill up every single tile on that Rubik's Cube, which can be overwhelming. But the good news is when you work with that person and triage to figure out what's the most pressing need in that moment, and you start to push on that one tile, it shifts the entire side of that Rubik's Cube. And I share that one because it can be overwhelming when you hear things like suicide or mental health. But when we focus on something small, we still can make a big difference. And I also use that Rubik's Cube example because it shows how all of our needs are interconnected, right? That if I'm struggling spiritually that's going to take a toll on my mental health. If I'm struggling with my mental health, I'm also probably going to be struggling spiritually. So all these things are interconnected. They don't live in a vacuum. And when we look at the life and ministry of Christ, we see that he treated the whole person. So I think that's probably something we should do too. All right. I would like for you to unpack the Rubik's Cube um, a little more fully when we come back. I love this idea that taking the time, I mean, it it is overwhelming at first. There's no question about that. Um, And that taking the time to determine the right first move can make all the difference in revealing the next right move, um, all on a path toward 
um, toward resolution. That's so good. All right. We're talking with Dr. Jamie Ayton. Um, you know him, um, from, um, the, from Wheaton and their, um, Humanitarian Disaster Institute. We're talking today about a program that they offer called Spiritual First Aid, and it is a part of the Church Mental Health Summit, which is a free online event on October the 10th. I'm more than happy to send you the link via text. Just give me a text, 877-933-2484. More with Jamie in just a moment. You're listening to Mornings with Carmen. 150 million people, 150 million people actively use one particular app every month in the United States of America. I want that to be the Faith Radio app. How about you? If you're wondering how you could be encouraged in your faith at any time, anywhere, well, I got good news for you. There's literally an app for that. You can listen to Faith Radio live, any show on demand, no matter where you are at any time of the day or night. Download the free Faith Radio app right now. It's super easy. Just text the word app to 877-933-2484 and click the link. Let's connect faith to life. All right, do you have a first aid kit? Do you know where it is? Do you know what's in it? Do you know that everything in it uh, is like up to date? You got the latest options available. Do you know how to use everything that's in there? Um, Now, how about applying that to spiritual life and mental health? Do you have a spiritual first aid kit? Do you know where it is? Do you know what's in it? Do you know how to use everything in it? This is about becoming equipped as God's people to respond to the very real needs of um, of those around us. Dr. Jamie Ayton is here from Wheaton's Humanitarian Disaster Institute, and their spiritual first aid, which is at spiritualfirstaid.org, they are participating in the global Church Mental Health Summit. It's free. It's online October the 10th. Um, We'd love to connect you with that information as well. You can just go to churchmentalhealthsummit. Yeah, you know I can't see the whole thing. I'm, 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 dot com. There you go. I did. I had to copy and paste the link myself. Uh, Churchmentalhealthsummit.com. Jamie, um, when you, I love this image of the Rubik's Cube. So, um, could we just dig around a little bit more in that? Like, t- tell us more about this Rubik's Cube that, you know, when a person arrives, it's not that they just have one problem. It's not that they can't pay their rent. There's like more, there's like so many layers to I can't pay my rent. Absolutely. And when we are talking about identifying those those blessed needs, which is what we refer to them, the needs that we teach you how to identify is based on 15 years of research that we've conducted around the globe as well as five years of field testing before we offered this course to others. And the way this works is that we've really teach within Spiritual First Aid what we call the blessed CPR framework. And so we already talked about those blessed needs like the Rubik's Cube, the biological, the livelihood, emotional, social, and spiritual needs, and how those are all, all interconnected. And so the first step to really caring well for others, whether it be from mild stress to a mass trauma, is to start by triaging those blessed needs. So you're going to join with that person, ask, you know, just to ask them even, you know, you've shared several different problems with me today, and it sounds really overwhelming what you're going through. 
out of those different issues, what's maybe the one that's most pressing or feels most relevant that I could help you with right now? So again, we're not trying to fix everything. It's kind of like maybe you've seen like on a TV show or in real life where an EMT shows up on a scene, there's been an accident, there's all kinds of problems, but they go to the main problem first. And that's what we're teaching you with that first step of dealing with those Rubik's Cube-like problems. And then the first main, excuse me, the second step, the C in blessed CPR stands for care with practical presence. So this is where we really learn to walk with others through their suffering. And that we want to encourage you that you don't have to have all the right words. And if you're someone like me, maybe you accidentally put your foot in your mouth a couple of times. But the good news is, is that our research shows that being present says more than our words could ever say. And then the third step of the blessed CPR model that we teach in spiritual first aid is to provide coping practices. So we actually share about 50 different evidence-based, biblically informed and trauma-informed practices that in the moment, if that person needs something like maybe that person's having a panic attack, you know, we teach you how to walk somebody through just some basic breathing exercises, which anyone can do anytime. Anybody can teach these and they've been shown to have a major impact on well-being, but also we help you be able to problem solved to help that person get resourced to be able to do these types of coping practices on their own when they need them in the future. And then the last step of the bless CPR model, the R stands for refer and resource. So we mm-hmm. teach you how to know when, where, and why, and how to get people connected to other resources, including professional services, if those are needed. That's so good. That's just all so good. Um, I like, uh, I like that you give us uh, an acrostic, like, right. I like, I like the word bless and in each one of those um, and and then the the CPR. Can you just tell us again for the acronym bless CPR? Just do the acronym for us. Yeah. So for bless CPR, the bless stands for bless triage. So that's the first step. And bless stands for biological livelihood, emotional, social, and spiritual needs. And then the C in the BLESS CPR model stands for care with practical presence. So that's really just being present and listening to people. You know, when we think about the story of Job, Job doesn't say that uh, you've added on to my burdens when his friends first showed up. It's not till they start talking that he brings that up into the scripture, right? So we there's a lot of value of just listening and being with people. And then the P, the third step, stands for providing coping practices. And then the last step, the R, is for refer and resource. Oh, Jamie, that's so helpful. Um, I can I can imagine um, several conversations that I've had in the past that if I had had these mental hooks, um, you know, to, to like a framework, right? Like as you describe it, a a um, a spiritual first aid kit. Um, I could have turned to that, and I I could have experienced much less panic myself. Like I would have felt more competent. I feel like that's what you're seeking to do in equipping the body of Christ in this particular direction. You are you want us to feel competent when we encounter a person um who has significant needs and that range of their needs I mean can be really really deep and diverse and broad but this idea that um we would sit with them long enough and hear them out I'm thinking about Jesus and the the woman with the issue of blood and the way scripture describes Jesus as, you know, he he stood there long enough to hear her whole story. Like she laid it all out there. She went through the whole litany. Um, but in the end, like, you know, what is what is her what is her real issue? What does she want? What can I help you address right now? It's such a profound um 
it's an empowering thing to ask the individual who feels like they have no resources and are completely out of control to empower them to identify the one thing. Like, I think that's part of the genius here. Well, and that's really what our goal is, is to really take the guesswork out of helping. You know, my colleague Kent and I, who co-founded Spiritual First Aid, you know, we've been doing this work for well over 20 years. And I mean, we one of the last deployments we had was in Ukraine. So, you know, we've been doing mm. this sort of stuff in some of the worst case scenarios around the world. And we still, even though this is what we do on a regular basis, we still also feel overwhelmed at times. And so we created that blessed CPR method to help us and to help others so that you don't have to keep worrying, did I do enough? You know, did I cause harm and not actually help? That with the those kind of four basic steps that we teach, you can also rest assured knowing that they're biblically informed and that these are based on research, that what we tried to do was you know, you, you don't have to be a psychologist to make a difference, that we all have a role to play. And so each of these steps are really small actions that we can share with confidence that research shows makes a big difference in the lives of those who are struggling. All right. Well, Jill, Carolyn, April, Mary, Lori, uh, Andrew, Rebecca, and others are um, have the link and they're going to sign up. So that is awesome. Church Mental Health Summit is the one-day event on October the 10th. Um, churchmentalhealthsummit.com is where you can sign up for that. And also, Spiritual First Aid, which we've expressly been discussing with Jamie Ayton, you can find that and uh, and resources related to it at spiritualfirstaid.org. Um, thank you, Jamie, for what you do every single day and for um, this particular event on October the 10th. What a blessing. Thank you so much. Oh. Well, thanks so much for having me. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, uh, if you need the link directly, you can text me and I will shoot it over to you. The number is 877-933-2484. You're listening to Mornings with Carmen. The people listening to your show regularly, they get such a wonderfully informed perspective on the headlines and what God's doing in the world. But unfortunately, there's a lot of people out there that we all know who don't. And I don't think, Carmen, many people understand just how shaped they are by certain sources that are trying to shape them a certain way. All right, that guy's a genius. I don't. I, I would love to know who that is. Um, thank you so much. What a wonderful compliment. Um, we are seeking to bring the mind of Christ to bear on everything that you are facing each and every day. That, that's what we do here on Mornings with Carmen. Trying to connect faith to life in a particular way during these early hours of the day, or if you're listening to the podcast, whenever you listen. So I would, um, I would like to set an appointment with you, especially if you listen on the podcast. I want to set an appointment with you for Monday morning, this coming Monday morning, and I want to set that appointment kind of early, um, six a.m., six a.m. Central Time. Oh yes. Central Time in the United States of America. So um, I, I really, it's going to be appointment listening. If you are not yet an appointment listener to Mornings with Carmen, I would invite you to be an appointment listener on this coming Monday at 6 a.m. So do me a favor and tune in then. I mean, you know, we're going to be back here tomorrow, Friday Farm Report and all. But um, I want you to go ahead and mark your calendar for... Monday morning, September the 25th at 6 a.m. Um, something special going to be happening, and I don't want you to miss it, and I want you to experience it live. Yeah, so appointment listening, 
this coming Monday. Just do me a favor. Go ahead and mark your calendar. It will be worth your time. I promise you. Um, What a joy to spend this time with you today. It's always a blessing um, on this hmm, Thirsty Thursday. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I'm working it out. I'm working it out. Let us knit together the threads of Thursday. Mm -hmm. Throwback Thursday. Maybe there's a good old hymn you want to lift up. It's Thursday. Make it a great day. Live this day in light of an anticipation of that day. Well, whatever else it is, it's that day Thursday. Have a great day. God bless. Thanks for listening to Mornings with Carmen LaBurge. Podcasts like this are available because of your support. If it's important to you to hear things that encourage your faith, click the link in the show notes to give now. And thanks.